0: Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Hey everybody, welcome to the pre-show. Late pre-show, but not really. Taylor's always fashionably, he's like a wizard.
1: I mean, you know? in the sense that I arrive precisely when I mean to, yeah. Exactly, sure. exactly. Oh, yeah. well, but I guess uh, Lord of the Rings is topical this week.
0: Oh, i have, we're talking segment one. That's definitely a segment one topic, because it's the best thing I've done, maybe all season. Oh my god, it was amazing. i I adored every second of it, but we'll talk about that for sure. For sure. But hey, everybody. Welcome to the pre-show. I'm just sharing out the show. (laughs) This is the part of the show where we talk about what we're going to do. I think Andy already shared it to the the OG group, so I'm not even going to do that. Sometimes I do. but I'm glad
1: he's picking up our slack.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. He's great, man. He runs the Outrage Geekery group, not the page. You know, he, he pushes stuff that actually ends up getting stolen by the page, which is weird. But yeah, he he's yeah he's awesome, and he's the best. But anyway, this is the part of the show we talk about what we're gonna do on the show. We got an awesome segment one. We're gonna talk about the Ringo nominees, at least some good ones. You know, there's so many categories that I'm not gonna talk about all that shit. Uh, DC got a new bedfellow. That'll be fun. Alex Ross's new Fantastic Four got a new preview, and that book is kind of available if your direct market retailer got it, but a lot of them didn't, but some did. But it is available on Amazon soon. We'll talk about that. Uh, a new vampire book over at Marvel. Wasp. Because I know we you wanted to talk about Wasp. And we'll probably talk about Ant-Man this episode as well. Yeah, it was pretty and, and, good. Yeah, and She-Hulk episode 3... So fun! Everybody's talking about it. I don't think we're going to talk about it the way everybody is talking about it. Well, I don't. So want to far, hate
1: whenever like She Hulk is trending, it's usually for the post-credit scene so far, which yeah, is a shame because the stuff that's in the episode itself is usually pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. Uh, food news. It is better this week, Taylor. It's seasonal. I think
1: thank God they've all been it. so bad these last yeah. few weeks.
0: I could have done a moment of destruction, but Adam's not here, and it wouldn't be good. Actually, I bitched last week about the shattered uh glass. You know, it was actually pretty damn good. It was really fun. It well, was I'm, really it was, fun I'm glad it yeah.
1: exceeded your expectations. It really but.
0: did. I, it was low expectation, but yeah, it was really fun. Uh, and then we'll have a top three really light week this week, but so. Some- some mainstays. I well, think.
1: Um, I can't keep track of which books I should have gotten last week that I didn't, <laughs> so I got a pretty full roster here. <laughs> well,
0: just throw in whatever you want, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Just make up for it. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about?
1: Sounds pretty full to me.
0: It is full, man. All right. Yeah, we're already a minute over. So, I mean, oh are you okay? Everything. Oh, that was right? just the door closing. Sorry. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm not make a new mm-hmm. one of these where, you know, Indiana Jones says, Nazis, I hate these guys, but I'm just going to pull You're up surrounded the surrounded by assholes. I'm going to say, I hate these guys. That'd be a good one, right? Yeah, sounds awesome. <laughs> pretty solid. Yeah. I'm going to make that later. I've been drinking scotch for like a half hour or so. Everybody forgive me. Oh, happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm really upset that Andy has to chat. Well, I'm, and while I'm, you're uh, at it, uh, go ahead and thank your YouTube for having a weekend
1: all. Yeah, at all.
0: They should have pushed for three anyway. I digress. Greetings, geeks. Welcome back. It's another episode of this geek and comics hour, at geekery's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk
1: show. It's
0: Gomer and Taylor. Hour. How is it going, dude?
1: Oh, I'm doing well.
0: Uh, first things first, Dragon Con happened this weekend. We usually don't talk about cons unless there's news there, but Dragon Con is like the kind of con where there's never news there. It's more like Burning Man in a way. You know, it's just a bunch of nerds going in. Yeah, and out I and out
1: mean, and Dragon Con is usually where like the new, it's not like Comic Con or like, um, So sometimes even something like yeah, like New York Comic Con sometimes drops things, but Dragon Con is usually just the one that's in our neck of the woods where like nerdy cosplayer people get to go have fun, and yay, good for them. But
0: well, I mean, it's usually not a
1: news heavy con. No,
0: I track the unofficial Dragon Con group, and it's very active, especially this time of year. But they come from all over, dude, and it's amazing. There's a dude on there. This is his twenty second Dragon Con. He's fifty years old. That is impressive. That is amazing. Twenty-two years in a row going to the same convention. So, yeah, but bravo to those. Those are the uber nerds. Those are the passionate ones. That's I love that shit. Really, it's just an excuse to get drunk and and party. But anyway, what isn't? Segment one. What did we do this week? I watched a lot of shit actually, but Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. It was rad. Uh, I'm loving this shit so far. It's kind of all over the place, really, with the storytelling telling like four different stories all at once um but it's within this day in this just dope universe and i mean yeah i mean, I mean
1: yeah. that is the main appeal of the show i think is that it's immersing us in a world we're very familiar with but the everything that's been released in like mainstream media you know the movies and uh well, both sets of movies, video
0: games. I mean, we video games. Video yeah, games,
1: sure. they have barely scratched the surface of all the mythos that exists for the it's like it's Middle Earth. Universe. No, it isn't. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> uh, but I mean, I really like this universe, and anytime I have a chance to hang out in a universe that I like, if I can visit, I like that, right? But I really think also yeah. this is like a re- just a really good show. I don't care if you don't. I've never heard of Lord of the Rings. And, I mean, show me that rock you've been living under because I will rent that Airbnb just to get away from everything for a while. Yeah. But it's just a really cool show, dude. Like, I'm really getting into it. Like, I know, like, what's-his-name is going to visit the Durin, which is a name, you know, from the lore that everybody should know if you watch the movies. But they're, like, going to make the rings. And it's like, oh, cool, you know. It's like you can really feel it building up. You know, who's the meteor man? You know, it's probably Gandalf, right? Um, but again, and I know we're, we, we I said I wasn't going to do this for She-Hulk, but I mean, Taylor, you know what I say? What's the worst kind of nerd? A dinosaur nerd. Like right, That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. That is the worst. The second worst kind of nerd is a Lord of the Rings nerd.
1: You're not so, wrong. They um, are
0: coming <laughs> out the woodwork. It is their time to shine. It is the Lord of the Rings hate watchers. Just, this is their renaissance. You know, and man, they love hate-watching it. Oh, man, they love hate-watching it. And I hate that forum. I wish that they would get in, get in the same... It's almost like knowing too much. It's kind of like Boba Fett. You know, Boba Fett syndrome. Boba Fett was a lot cooler when we didn't know shit. Then we learned some shit, and it's like, okay, he's still cool, but he ain't as cool. Darth Vader, same way. Sand. His well- worst enemy sand. I-
1: yeah, I can definitely see the parallel there, but I can understand people. Yeah, yeah, I can understand people not, you know, being happy that the things are not like one hundred percent like spot on for like the mythology. But the movies weren't either. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I well, think Andy,
0: it's, there he is. Then on the second worst, there you go.
1: Hey, I mean, I don't consider myself a Lord of the Rings nerd, but I do think that the Lord of the Rings movies are my favorite set of movies. I've just never been big on, like, the books and all, like, the, I don't speak Elvish. So, like, anytime they're, like, deviating from the source material, that really means nothing to me.
0: There is so much lore. I was talking to some folks online this week. One of them said, he, like, knew a bunch of shit, and I'm like, dude, it's so cool that you're into this lore, you know? Did you always collect the books? He's like, dude, I learned this shit from playing a collecting card game. That's how he learned the lore. And I'm like, oh, he's like, there was a really cool Lord of the Rings collector card game that I got into and it covered all this shit. And I'm like, oh, and then there was someone else in there. He's like, no, I actually did read the books, but it was like 20 years ago. You know, but yeah, it's really cool that they're adding to this universe. It's cool that nowadays in this world of streaming and shit like that, you can do something like this. You know, you could do a long form thing. About Lord of the Rings. I mean, this should, everybody should just adore this idea, whether it's good or bad. It's still quality watching. They spent a half a billion dollars on it. Like. I was
1: to say, it damn well better be with the amount of budget they had for yeah. this. Right. I'm glad to see they didn't squander the money. But, yeah. um,
0: oh, it looks beautiful too. Yeah. So, what did you do? Do anything cool? I know you watched. Lord, did you watch the Lord of the Rings? What did you think of it?
1: I haven't gotten all the way through yet, but yeah, I'm enjoying what I've seen so Ooh, far.
0: Yeah, me too, man. It is fantastic. But anything else? anything else cool this week? Anything?
1: Uh, not really. That pertains to the show here.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right, let's do the news. <laughs> kind of a light for news. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ringo Awards first. Everybody got awards, but we focus on comics here, so we really like to talk about comic book awards. You know what I mean? Even though it really doesn't mean shit. Uh, the Ringo's are selected by comic professionals, though. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of different. It's not like a select group like the Oscars. It's yeah, kind of this is being judged class. by
1: your peers more so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Andy, definitely check it out, bro. I mean, it's two hours, and I mean, it's a long two hours. You really get, like, your well, two hours' worth of watching, I think.
1: That's giving you, like, the Lord of the Ring fan experience, though. I mean...
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Lord of the Rings is never something that can be enjoyed in bite-sized portions. Every right. bit of media you will ever see for it is an hours-long commitment oh my that you're gosh. making. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, and they're just adding more hours now. It It, it was like beating the MCU... <laughs> with just like four movies. But anyway, moving on. Ringo Awards, 2022 noms. These are the Mike Waringo Comic Book Industry Awards. He was given that honor uh, posthumously, what, three or four years ago, I think. But uh, we're only going to cover some of them, even though they have a whole lot of them. These are announced at uh, Baltimore Comic Con, I think. I think they're at Baltimore Comic Con. They announced the winners. I do not know. Yeah. Uh, Best Cartoonist. This is somebody who does writing and art. Uh, Jeff Lemire.
1: Well, yeah, it had to be.
0: Favorite around here. Uh, Sass Millage. Eric Powell is on the short list. Uh, Caitlin Vilbrant and uh, Thomas Zoller. Uh, Tom Zoller is probably a name a lot of people don't know, but man, he wrote a book called Time and Vine. He wrote a book called Long Distance. He writes like these uh, just really quaint slice of life relationship sort of books that I'm a sucker for. Uh, Long Distance was obviously about a long distance relationship. Uh, Time and Vine was about a vineyard that had a wine cellar in the basement where if you drank a bottle of wine from a certain year for 24 hours, you went back to that year. And it was really this cool, quaint sort of love story. That is a cool idea. Yeah. Where this girl falls in love with someone from the past and this dude warned her, right? This wizened old wine cellar, you know, dude who owns the vineyard or whatever warned her don't do that and then he's like crying over this bottle and he's like nah I'm almost out this is my last bottle my wife died the year after this you know and got sick and this is the last time she was healthy and we were you know us and oh my god dude I mean it's tear jerking it's so good so good for Tom Zoller to be on that list along with you know a well couple what's the name of the story huh
1: what was the name of the story you might try to check it out
0: it was time, It called time and vine okay yeah, it's super good, dude. I adore it. Uh, best artist or penciler, uh, Philippe Andrade, Juan Cavia, Tyler Crook, who's a, a great fucking artist, dude. Jeff Edwards, Jock, Pocurio Mio, and Gabriel Rodriguez. Cover art, Simone De Mayo, which I think, hands down, is going to be your winner there, but there's some steep competition. Jeff Edwards, Stephanie Hans, Javin Jordan, Jeff Lemire is on this, too. Peach Momoko, Gets a nod for by volume,
1: artist. it would definitely be Peach Momoko. Yeah, oh you know, she's definitely a, a short runner for the uh quality department as well.
0: Oh, dude. Uh, Sana Takata rounds out the list for best cover artist. Uh, writer Jeff Lemire, Meriwether, Chris uh, Mitzkowitz, Tom Taylor, and James Tiny in the fourth. That is a tough, tough list. Yeah, that's hard uh, to pick. That is a tough list. Uh, best series, uh, Lock and Key Sandman Universe crossover did you read that i did not no you read lock and key i know you're a sandman fan but did you ever read lock and key
1: i did but it's been years yeah so that
0: that i didn't read it either you know but uh many deaths of layla stars at boom studios the lock and key sandman is technically an idw book just fyi uh something is killing the children over at boom stray dogs over at image comics was just a wonderful fucking book oh my god it was like yeah it was a favorite
1: on the show here
0: yeah it was like don bluth meets uh silence of the lambs it was awesome and then siphon over at image comics you'll notice no big two books on the best series list um when you look at everything else i mean peach momoko simone de all of the best cover artists are really getting known primarily because of their big two work, Stephanie Hans. Well, I mean, that's
1: just kind of the – I mean, anyone would expect that, I think, you know, because, like, the big two are, like – in, like, movie equivalents, they're, like – they're not the Academy Award nominee pictures, but they are the blockbusters.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, that is a really good analogy. Yeah, dude, or comparison, I guess. It's not really an analogy, but uh, I really like this list. It really shows the power of independent comics – and also, I think, I have in my notes here, where's Black Label in this? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, that probably these, does sting for DC, because yeah. they pro- they use Black Label as their like, prestige storytelling. Exactly. For the most part.
0: It really bothers me that there's not a... Uh, there are some creators who have done some Black yeah. Label stuff on here, but it does really bother me. Well... That there aren't more Black... And also... Why does Marvel not have a person? Well, I was going
1: to mention, yeah, that like there's a lot of great Marvel and DC books, but especially things like this, I think it's it's probably for the best that they shine a spotlight on people who might not have gotten it much otherwise. (laughs) You know, Marvel and DC will be fine. They don't. Oh, for
0: sure. But I'm just talking about it with awards. You know, bragging right industry. You know, bragging right. Well, yeah. The on the other hand, too, I industry yeah. gives a fuck about.
1: You shouldn't ex- You shouldn't just immediately write off Marvel and DC. If they have a really great book, then yeah, you should. You know, definitely why be. I'm... You shouldn't exclude them from the conversation just because. Why is Swamp Thing not on this list? Swamp Thing probably should be. It is really damn good. Yeah.
0: Why is Swamp Thing not on this list? Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I really can't think of any others that. I mean, maybe it. Well, no, the first volume would have definitely made the cut for these awards you know yeah um but like writers like tom taylor he did a book at boom you know but most of his work is at the big two i don't know i don't know it seems odd to me you know but we'll talk more about uh marvel having a prestige line pardon me here in a moment uh dc and universal have teamed up universal distribution uh a new distribution agreement with DC.
1: Oh, so they're uh, jumping off a of lunar?
0: No, not oh. a big part of this.
1: Okay, well, I completely misunderstood this. Exactly, Go ahead. And
0: exactly. DC and Universal Distribution have signed a new global agreement under which Universal Distribution will become a direct distributor of DC comics. Beginning in October, retailers will have the ability to place orders with Universal Distribution on DC's periodicals, graphic novels, and collected editions. That are released in January 23 and beyond. DC will continue their direct market distribution relationships with Lunar Distribution and Diamond UK for distribution of periodicals and graphic novels. As well as Penguin Random House for distribution of graphic novels and collected editions worldwide. So Universal Distribution is in Canada. They're headquartered in Canada. They basically are like the Diamond of Canada. Uh, This is weird to me, man. This is like, I mean, I just, I don't know. Are they, is this, all right, I can see that this helps stores, okay? Um, I don't see that this helps the industry overall. It helps stores because there's more competition, right? They're going to try to undercut each other and do stuff like that even though it is a pain in the ass for oh yeah i
1: mean that is how capitalism is supposed to work right
0: yeah but for the industry overall dc just seems to be spreading itself very thin when it comes now they have five different distribution channels for their just for their paper stuff um you know they only have one company making their toys right um it's just weird to me um I don't know. I don't think this will impact anybody too much, but I do, I do think it shows that there's something going on yeah. at the distribution level that still hasn't worked itself out since everybody made this mass migration away from Diamond Comics. Um, yeah, this does not bode well for the future, but I think, again, this bodes well for Diamond. Uh, I think eventually it's all going to come back under one distribution house. It's got to, you know, the industry just isn't that robust to do everything that they're talking about here. Penguin Random House is gigantic. You know, I'm okay with them pushing into bookstores. I just don't see how this extra distributor helps anybody, you know, except the stores. If they want to do that math and figure out who's going to cut them the best deal. Um, so yeah, well, one yeah. On they you know, can trade
1: hassle for savings. It looks yeah, like. Yeah. So.
0: And that industry inside shit, you know, that's deep inside baseball. But that's the nerdy shit we love. So let's move on to something not nerdy. The Alex Ross Fantastic Four book. Okay, we were talking about a prestige line at uh, at Marvel Comics. This is not this. Okay, this is a collaborative line of books called Marvel Arts.
1: Incidentally, that is a '90s ass-looking logo for Marvel Arts up there.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So Marvel Arts is like this collaborative line of books between Marvel Comics and Abrams Comic Arts. Nothing is impossible and anything can happen. Okay? Yeah. Now, when DC came out with with Black Label, they made a huge deal out of it, right? They were like, no, this is taking over Vertigo. They made everything very apparent, very clear. So this doesn't really feel like they're doing that. Although, they are pulling out the biggest gun they have, Alex Ross. Doing writing and art. This is kind of available now, but not really through the direct market. If your shop got one, good, get it. But it's going to be available on Amazon in hardcover in like a day and a half, like with you know this week. So uh, it's a different sort of Alex Ross art. He has even discussed this on uh, some some things that he's done about he wanted to go in a different direction, and good for him. You know uh oh, yeah i mean you don't want an ship. artist
1: to just like you know get too comfortable in their own style. even when they are great like alex ross it is kind of cool to see them like you know push the boundaries with
0: yeah can. and it's still a beautiful style it's still just gorgeous it's yeah gorgeous. it's got
1: a really cool like pulpy look to it
0: yeah so oh i love ra- that
1: page that's beautiful
0: yeah dude so it's a rainy day in manhattan and not a creature stirring except for ben Grimm. when an intruder suddenly appears inside the baxter building the fantastic four and then they list off the names of the team like we don't know. And the thing find themselves surrounded by a swarm of invading parasites. These Korean... Is it Korean? Carrion? Carrion?
1: Like Carrion, like C-A-R-R-I-O-N? Or? Yeah, like yeah, the carrion.
0: carrion crawler. Yeah, Carrion creatures composed of negative energy come to Earth using a human host as a delivery system.
1: It's kind of okay. bad that you assumed it was Korean, but anyway. Yeah,
0: I know. I, I, I Yeah, never mind. It's like mythos and mythos. Uh, The Fantastic Four have no choice but to journey to the negative zone. Uh, So, yeah, Full Circle is the first long-form work written and illustrated by Alex Ross. Revisits a classic Stanley Jack Kirby story from the 60s. Uh, So, yeah, dude, bold, vivid colors, psychedelic-looking as shit. Man, I love that. So, yeah, this is a winner. That is, look at that.
1: Going back, it was a very Kirby-ass-looking machine Oh, yeah, this is
0: Kirby-ass fuck, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so very rad stuff. Uh, man, this is going to be a big hit. That's
1: pretty cool. I'll definitely try to get yeah. my hands on that at some yeah, point. Yeah,
0: it's I think it's like 25 bucks, But, yeah, it's a nice, big-ass, cool-looking hardcover. That's not whatever. too bad.
1: If, if, if you're thinking of this as, like, an art book, that's actually pretty affordable, you
0: know? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's by one of the greatest artists of all time. and I'm not Yeah, kidding. he's on that
1: Mount Rushmore, you know?
0: Yeah, and I'm not – I mean, yeah, for comics, for sure. But, I mean, like – in terms of artists you know his style is like it's like a a modern day norman rockwell yeah style. i was about to mention yeah. yeah it's just he captures this essence of who a character is and paints it up like it's like this classical portrait you know like you're looking at like religious fucking shit in the in the louvre you know like yeah he's i love yeah i think everybody does Now moving on to something completely different. New Unforgiven Saga. All right. It brings Marvel's team of superhero vampires out of the shadows. All right. So I know this is – I can never remember if it's one of your favorites or one of the ones that you you don't like. Uh, Do you remember Fear Itself? And it had, like, a vampire story in there?
1: I don't remember the vampire story, but Fear Itself was that uh... – Oh, I can't even remember his name anymore. Oh, uh, Matt Fraction. It was that Matt Fraction. event, Matt right? Matt Fraction. Yeah. But, um, I wasn't a big fan of Fear Itself. but okay,
0: It's terrible. I hate it. Okay, yeah. Uh, but Hulk versus... It's like my least favorite Marvel event. But Hulk versus Dracula was the name of the book. And it had a bunch of hero vampires. So Tim Seeley with Sid Codian on the art are bringing like a series of books. It's going to be Spider-Man unforgiven and it's also going to be like x-men unforgiven captain america unforgiven all hanging out with this team of of superhero vampires dude this is the most ridiculous shit i've ever heard of that is an
1: obscure (laughs) pull if that's what they're bringing this from
0: i mean i i grabbed every angle and they're all bad i mean that's a all bad
1: they're pulling from a tie-in to what was honestly a pretty forgettable event Sorry, I didn't mean to catch a mid-swallow there. Oh, um, no,
0: silence for just how terrible this is going to yeah. be. Yeah, uh, I'll read it. Hopefully there's a cool variant, because I want to shit all over it. I hope so. Uh, anyway, moving on to some good news. Uh, and I'm not a fan of the current Ant-Man book by Al Ewing. However, what he is trying to do in that book, he is doing really, really well.
1: I'm and enjoying the hell out of it, I will yeah, say. It's,
0: well, and you also like that Defenders book, and it sort of did the same thing. Yeah, that's fair. Did you ever get the history of the Marvel Universe by Mark Waid?
1: I did. That's really great. Oh,
0: dude. I'm so glad you got that. Just like Franklin of, Richards
1: and Galactus at yeah, the end of the world.
0: It, it kind of got the same feel, all of this sort of shit. You know?
1: It's yeah. It's um, the
0: history and modernizing it a little bit. The Ant-Man book, anyway. But Al Ewing is doing the same thing for Wasp. Uh, in January, uh, a series follows the completion of Ewing's Ant-Man series, which launched in July. Uh, arts by uh, Cassie Nee on that book, which is great. Jordy Belair doing uh, uh, covers. Uh, Tom Riley doing covers. Jordi Belair doing colors. Tom Riley doing covers. Uh, same design. Just really fun-looking books, you know, covers. And uh, it follows Janet Van Dyne and her adopted daughter, Nadia Van Dyne, as they team up against a dangerous new organization with connections to both their histories. Uh, just very cool, man. It's basically yeah. Al Ewing like bringing these characters into the modern age, almost by honoring their history. It's really well done. I definitely
1: like it from that angle, and I also like seeing Nadia back in circulation. Oh, um, yeah. She had a really, couple of really good uh series going for a while there, or like uh, one series that got like relaunched to something that was basically the same. Yeah, but um, yeah, this is what. <sighs> It's kind of a shame when like a character's book doesn't take hold, and like you kind of have to wonder is the character going to show up again, um, yeah. or you know at least when. And so yeah, it's cool to see the character back again. She
0: was in. Was she not in Champions for a while? She was in Champions for a while. I love that's that true. Book man. She I love her, that she book. usually
1: has like a guest star in a, like a guest star appearance in like the champion solo book. So like she showed up in like yeah. Iron Heart, you know stuff like that.
0: Oh well, yeah, I remember, like, Ironheart one went crashed on her couch or some shit. Uh, yeah, so we'll look forward to that, because Al Ewing is hot. He's awesome. Uh, all right, She-Hulk. Uh, all right, it's not all about twerking. Okay, we will get to that. All right, I know that's what everybody wants to talk about, is the twerking. I get it. I hesitate to even mention the haters or talk about the show in the context of people who are hating it. Yeah, fuck them. And I don't feel like I, ha- I should have to defend the show in a movie... A beloved MCU movie where there was a dance off for the final, you know, thing, where Tony Stark can piss in his Iron Man suit and that's okay. Um in a show that is literally meant to be a comedy and to be fun. I hesitate. You know what I mean? I hesitate. Well,
1: yeah, I mean But I did
0: do it. I did do it. It's so hard not to, and I feel like that sort of brings down the show, like where the people who are enjoying the show, just because it's a TV fucking show, it's a comedy on a streaming service, people are, are really leaning into the fact that, oh, this isn't the MCU like it used to be. You're fucking right. It's not. It You're is really exactly like She
1: hulk is, is in the comics, though. I mean, yeah, this it is it a is. very faithful adaptation of who the character has always been, at least since the John Byrne run, you know? For
0: sure, dude. Our, our pals over at the Comic Book Boys, Eli uh, and Leroy. Leroy is fucking... Uh, yeah, Andy, him, and his wife are enjoying She hulk oh, Glad to hear right? it. Uh, but... Leroy is kind of internet famous. He famously and ironically uh, put up on uh, the petition website, uh, make Black Panther white. And that got picked up by a lot of of fucking things, right? So he did a meme on the comic book bully site of her jump roping naked in the comic books. In the burn run. And that shit went super viral. And I just don't get it. I just don't understand. Uh, Wong, you know, being Wong. Love that part. You know, Blonsky, you know, A-Bomb being great. Uh, can we talk about the Wrecking Crew? Can we talk about the Wrecking
1: Crew? I, was, I didn't, was not expecting them to pull in the Wrecking Crew here, and they are basically played for last here. They are just like an inconsequential threat to She-Hulk.
0: Yeah. But it was a
1: really cool pull, I thought.
0: Now, everybody, when they talk about the Wrecking Crew in terms of comics, we're a comic book show, okay? We talk about everything in the terms of the comics. But when people talk about the Wrecking Crew, they talk about two things. The one time the Wrecker beat Thor, note, asterisk, Odin had taken away most of his powers at that point. And the time the Wrecking Crew had beaten the the Avengers. Just to make a point that the Avengers weren't as cool as they had been previously. You know, jobbers. Those are the two things that everybody brings up. Otherwise, the Wrecking Crew is a fucking joke, dude. They've yeah, I mean, played for last. even
1: by comic book standards, this is an absurd idea, right? They have, yeah. like, magically enchanted crowbars and wrecking yes. balls and fucking, like, hard hamlets. I mean, yeah, come on. You
0: use a crowbar to open up a wooden crate, okay? He's got a magical tool used to open up a wooden crate. All right. I Somebody was, like, agreed with me because I mentioned this because people were really talking shit. Like, oh, look what they did to the wrecking crew. I'm like, look what they did. No, Stan Lee did this to them. They've always been a fucking joke. What are you talking about? But someone mentioned they were C-list. And I was like, man, nah, they're maybe B-minus. And he was arguing with me. No, motherfucker. They are C-list. And we're arguing about the record crew, whether they are B-minus uh, or C.
1: I've been so, avoiding all that scene. And uh, yeah. like, we shouldn't let these fucking assholes kind of define the way we're enjoying the show, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: And honestly, this episode was probably the best realization of that premise of this is a superhero lawyer show. Exactly. That's a, right. the entire plot centered around, there was a plot around uh, Jennifer representing Blonsky, and then there was a B plot around her associate representing some idiot who got doofed by a light elf, you know?
0: Which is very fun shit, dude. Yeah. Very fun. And
1: it was a lot of fun. was
0: supposed to be a lot of fun.
1: And it is doing that very well. And a She-Hulk show should yeah. be a lot of fun.
0: Now, I'll say it again, I try to say this, you know, every time we talk about She-Hulk, if you're not enjoying this show, you you shouldn't watch it. I'm not sure why, like, oh man, I don't like Brussels sprouts.
1: Oh, we were talking about people hate watching Lord of the Rings earlier, you know, and I I get that it was the first episode, and so this was the time to give it a try, but we're we're three episodes into She-Hulk now. If you have decided this isn't for you, just fuck off and let the rest of us enjoy
0: it. Now, here's the problem with that, and I got called out for saying that to somebody. I'm invested in the MCU. I do want to see the Daredevil stuff. And I'm like, are you sure you want to see the Daredevil stuff? Because they're probably going to do your boy. You
1: can watch a clip of that on the internet after it happens.
0: But here, I mean, I I dwelled on that because I'm like, Okay, they've sucked you in. You're invested. I I guess that is your entitlement. I do. I understand your entitlement because look how good of a job they've done of creating the shared universe. Yeah. Everybody is just adores it. But then I got to think, wow, you're on your knees sucking the mouse's dick hard. You're paying your Disney Plus subscription to hate watch a show. You're putting yourself through this stress.
1: I don't deny what you're saying there, but – less yeah. cynically, they have built up the MCU to this point, where people do feel compelled to watch things that they otherwise probably wouldn't even consider watching, just because nice. they want to make sure they're getting all that connective tissue that they're throwing in, you know? Now,
0: and that's a good thing, and I'll tell you why. Oh, it's great for
1: right. Disney, and I also, well, I enjoy it. it. I, well, as someone who has enjoyed all the stuff that they've put out so far, I definitely love seeing like, you know, oh, hey, here's where Blonsky finally showed up, and like, man, Wong really is fucking everywhere right now, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean you say that, but here is the plus side to this, okay? Now, yeah, the, the people who hate are always louder, but they've introduced a Muslim character and actually do some, introduce Muslim American culture and history, you know, of, of Pakistan and that sort of shit in a way that I don't think was ever done before. You know? Oh yeah, this
1: is this is yeah. probably shined a bigger spotlight on Indian partition than anything yeah. else that has ever existed. And that's not a hyperbole. It probably yeah. has reached way more people than it ever would have otherwise.
0: Yeah, uh, She-Hulk is kind of doing the same. It's doing it with comedy. But with that said, this show is literally based on a show called Ally McBeal. Ally McBeal was breakthrough, glass ceiling breaking, in terms of the way it moved, you know, like empowered women and things like that. And I think it's weird that these motherfuckers are fucking twerking on there and people are taking it in, in such a negative way. And I don't know, dude. It's so weird to me. But again, the positive is people are actually seeing this. And yes, the people who are loud are going to complain. But I think there are people who are watching this show who are getting something positive out of it who otherwise would never have watched a lawyer show, a woman-led lawyer show, would never have watched a child show about a Muslim American little girl living in New Jersey who happens to get superpowers. They would not have watched this shit otherwise. And yes, there are people who are out there loud and whining and mad and pissed and moan, whatever, fuck them. But there have to be people out there who are getting a positive interaction with this. Uh, and it's cool, man. It's I think that is the best part about the MCU right now. And
1: yeah, sorry, I mean, that's
0: woke. That's woke. I know y'all like to throw that word around. That well they woke. can
1: well they can get over it because they are accomplishing a lot of good. It's good to see yeah. them, you know, using their popularity. Maybe cynically they're doing it to try to get more money, but if that's the price we pay for them introducing more people to more characters more parts of the world that they've never seen before that's a good thing
0: and it's not just diversity in seeing you know different sorts of characters you know different races different genders things like that it's seeing shows like the diversity in storytelling the diversity in entertainment miss marvel is unlike anything the mcu has done moon knight was unlike anything they've done wandavision and loki and now uh uh, she-hulk these shows are all different in yeah a lot of these
1: disney plus it. shows like the the one that was probably the poorest received overall and not to say that it was poorly received just like you know comparatively was falcon and winter soldier and that was probably the one that was closest to like the blockbuster stuff we usually expect
0: For most sure. of the
1: other disney plus stuff has been doing some really creative shit and it's really cool to see
0: hawkeye is like we're gonna do a christmas show why because we fucking can yeah. show that you're going to want to watch every time December rolls around. Oh, we can put on fucking Hawkeye and, yeah. and enjoy it with a Christmas attitude. So, yeah, uh, I mean, in the comments. I've been ignoring the comments. Eli, <laughs> yeah, some folks just want to bitch, self-victimize themselves by watching shit they don't like. And, I mean, they do that. But, again, it is like Disney, the mouse, has got them so addicted to the MCU. And Disney's just like, well, fuck you. We don't care. You're, you're obviously yeah. watching. You're paying your $8. I mean, yeah, you showed
1: them, right? They, yeah. they do not give a shit how much you comment on their fucking you know, YouTube yeah. videos. They do not care how much like you're, quote-unquote, dunking on them. If you're watching it, they are winning.
0: And that's another <laughs> angle here, dude. They've won you over, obviously. You guys who have loved Endgame and Phase 1 through 4 or 1 through 3, I guess, all up to that point, they obviously have gotten you they know you're not going to look away. Now they can go for a younger audience with Miss Marvel. They can go for a, a, a women audience, you know, really lean into it with a show like this. They are yeah. going for a bigger audience, and duh, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? That's yeah,
1: uh, but, yeah, speaking of the twerking scene, though, apparently that got included because uh, Tatiana Mazzlani is actually a huge fan of Megan Thee Stallion.
0: Exactly. So, and yeah, why not have fun? Because what does that say? Right, even in like a in an okay, because this show breaks the fourth wall. It's meta as fuck. But in another sort of meta, you know, outside of the show, social media thing, it's really cool that the lead is having that kind of fun on the set of a show. Doing it really
1: it. is, yeah. And we didn't even yeah. talk about how they kind of worked in all these like shitty incel assholes into the show itself. And yeah, they they used so, it was
0: a real comment yeah. from the internet. Yeah, which is just really fun uh again it's meta in a way that the show itself is meta playing off of that she hawk broke the fourth wall at least a decade and a half before deadpool was even created y'all just saying okay you know she came out 80 deadpool is definitely a product of the 90s so come on guys come on she was doing it way before for deadpool deadpool does it better maybe he does it differently uh, anyway, Eli, I still never watched What If or The Eternals or Doom Patrol or Top Gun. Top Gun, Top Gun was number two. Eli's over there. Man, when Nano the- showed up
1: at the end of Top Gun, that was crazy. Yeah, that dude. Indispensable part of the MCU.
0: Dude, but, um, when Dom showed up in in that black car that he's always driving in Fast and Furious and said, "I'm related to Star Lord and no one fucks with my family," I couldn't believe it. In Top Gun, me. oh, did you not know Star Lord is also in Top Gun? Eli, Star
1: Lord is also in Top Gun. He, he shows, uh, up. shows up in the finale with it with the uh, yeah, Milano. Yeah.
0: he just says, "I'll be your wingman every time," and I'm like, tear, tear. Uh, oh yeah, of those four that
1: he's... you mentioned, I would prop, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that is a good measuring stick to use. Does Ben Shapiro hate it? I would recommend it then. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: I'm not even going to comment on that. It's way too political for this show. Uh, But I have to say, of all the moments, all the cool moments in episode three of She-Hulk, you know, with Blonsky and that, it was, you just admitted to facilitating a crime. And they're talking to Wong, and Wong's like, I must depart. I mean, and he just out, you know, leaving. Just
1: fucked right off, yeah. I'm
0: the Sorcerer Supreme. Go fuck yourselves.
1: I mean, there's literally nothing they could do to hold him, yeah. so, you
0: know. Man, I love that part, too. Like, Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme, right? Like, Doctor Strange is, you know, is the one. Man, Benedict Wong is the
1: hardest-working guy at Marvel right now. He yeah. is showing up and fucking everything. Yeah.
0: So there's the part in this where... uh is looking at at the computer of who Wong is and has his resume on there from LinkedIn and it's Sorcerer Supreme. And then under that one, it's a uh, librarian at Carmitage. And then under that, it's he worked at the Target at Carmitage. And I love that fucking joke too. That was that's fun. So funny. So yeah, fuck the She Hulk haters. The show's yeah. fun.
1: That is a good point to bring up is like every episode has brought us at least a few like. <laughs> jokes that you have to pause in order to appreciate you know yeah
0: yeah definitely
1: they give you a lot of shit to like read in the background
0: yeah it's nine episodes that is confirmed i'd have confirmed that because we always ask each other how many episodes is it you know when we get to the end it's nine episodes um another favorite part of this episode is when she references yeah i know there's a lot of cameos this is not a cameo show i promise even though wong has been in every episode you know it's like all these great jokes uh, yeah, Maverick grabs well the volleyball scene when his pants fall off. Eli, you got to watch it, bro. You got to watch it. <laughs> Eli still bitching about Top Gun Maverick. It's the greatest movie of all time, haven't you heard? I want to
1: go that far. But... It is
0: terrible. It is terrible.
1: Didn't it beat out like some Marvel thing recently, and it people did. made a big deal? The American
0: of it? audience, it beat out some. I think it was Infinity War. Mm. If it, uh, I mean, come on, it's military propaganda. I don't want to go there again. Literally, I'll drop. Whole, I'll drop the whole plot of the movie is a, a 1,000 pound bomb launched from an aircraft or from a destroyer. Okay, those things can hit targets like 1,500 miles away. I don't understand this movie at all. The whole plot of Maverick is just ruined. Anyway, let's do food.
1: Mmm, yummy. This is an okay
0: one this week, Taylor. Uh, after last week's horrible hot dog, cold hot dog. Taylor did request that we do something a little bit nicer, something that wasn't as disgusting. Uh, some people may argue with you. You know me, Taylor. When I'm going to do food news, I'm still going to bring in something that is at least divisive or something. Oh, Alrakeekery, who knows who this is? Uh, Mount Rushmore, Empire Strikes Back, Aliens, Godfather 2, Top Gun, Is You like the Mount Rushmore
1: for sequels, I guess?
0: Man, that's awesome. Of sequels. Yeah, that's the sequels. Then that can't be Henry. Henry ain't smart enough to, to have that joke. That's fucking hilarious, though. I hope Eli's
1: still watching. Otherwise, kind of wasted the effort.
0: Yeah, still. Very funny. Uh, But this week on the food news for the OG show, it's all about the pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice is back. September has turned. The calendar is on there. The basic white female is out. Uh, Fuck. Yeah, that's true. Eli is Native American. Fuck Mount Rushmore. This is a very sensitive topic. Uh, They did it so they could hide the fucking national treasure, bro. Uh, anyway, it's back August 30th. Uh, it's back. It's happening. 2022 pumpkin spice season officially arrives at Starbucks. 19th year for the pumpkin spice latte. They actually had, they call it the PSL, believe it or not, Taylor. There's like a hipster.
1: I actually used to work at a cafe. So yeah, I know the abbreviation oh, for all the things, yeah. and, you,
0: and you say that before you get all pretentious, think Taylor's all pretentious and shit like that, you know, working at a coffee shop. He didn't. He actually worked at a bookstore that happened to have a coffee shop. He's a completely different kind of pretentious. Okay. He's a bookstore pretentious. Those guys are I feel like this is a
1: preferable kind of pretentious. It really
0: is. Those fuckers are fun. Bookstore pretentious. Yeah. Those guys are fun. They will roll their eyes when your back is turned when you're buying your right wing (laughs) fucking nonsense. Anyway, so also back for its fourth year is the cold brew. Uh, That's very pretentious, if we're going to say. Cold coffee is always pretentious. Uh, but then introduced last year, back for its second year, the Apple Crisp Macchiato returns to menus at Starbucks. So uh, you want to hear this one? Apple Crisp Oat Milk Macchiato. I just upped it a <laughs> whole notch. And that oat milk. I heard oat milk is actually really green. Just saying. Not Compared good for to you. regular milk. yeah. Uh, Eli, I love pumpkin spice. Dude, me too, bro. I love fucking pumpkin spice. I do. Well, I mean, is it
1: basic? It. Yes. But
0: basic as fuck.
1: Things that get to be basic usually do so <laughs> because a lot of people do like them, you know? Yeah, because Donny they're good.
0: Kate's, every Donny Kate story. It's basic as fuck. Why? Because he's reusing tropes that are tried and true and been tested and we Things are popular
1: way. for a reason. Exactly. You know?
0: Uh, but we're not done. We're not done with the pumpkin spice. Um they, this is also available at Starbucks they have all kinds of different shit pumpkin cream cheese muffin oh my god my eyes water every time I hear that I would I want that so bad uh pumpkin scone uh, they also got the pops you know that are available right Owl cake pops
1: man we didn't have the fucking cake pops where I worked and I got so sick of people asking for them. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. You should have went and bought your own at Walmart. Something no, inside. we had
1: cupcakes. They were better, you know?
0: Yeah. Andy, well, my whatever. wife had the macchiato. She loved it. Dude, Andy, you're trying to talk me into trying new shit. I don't want to try new shit, but oh my God, I might. Uh, just the lattes. I don't eat pumpkin spice spaghetti sauce. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, that is a good point. That like, People it have is. tried to expand pumpkin spice into places where it does not belong.
0: Yeah, and I didn't bring up any of those stories cuz Taylor wanted to keep it, you know.
1: You know, normal. I appreciate it. I really it's, do.
0: It's a nice palate clean, especially after Jesus Christ, the hot dog popsicle. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Uh, but Eli says just the lattes. I'm okay with pastries and shit, you know? Yeah, but pumpkin pie and pumpkin bar. Oh, dude, pumpkin pie, don't get me started on pumpkin pie. I will eat an entire pumpkin pie. Uh, but also, and I didn't want to end it with just Starbucks, right? Hostess, for the rest of us, if you don't have $8 to spend on a muffin and you have $8 to spend on an entire box of Twinkies, they do have pumpkin spice fucking Twinkies now. What? That sounds like it would be pretty good, actually. It, uh, it sounds like it would be delicious. Uh, but they also got the iced uh, pumpkin cupcakes and a limited time caramel crunch mini donuts. I don't know why these are seasonal. It doesn't sound seasonal to me.
1: Caramel is usually associated with like fall or winter, so it, it, it seems easy. Is it okay?
0: Yeah. Okay. I always think like caramel apple, and that's more like a spring summer type thing. I don't know. I'd eat
1: was. any of these though. I would say. Oh
0: yeah, I would eat any of this shit. Yeah, give me the that. Give me that fucking box of Twinkies. I'll kill that box of Twinkies like in a night, in one night.
1: But hey, Gamer, Gell- I appreciate that. I that was you way did, better than normal.
0: You did make a request. Usually, when you ask me to do shit, I said I tell you to go fuck yourself. But this time, uh, Punky. Pumpkin- Oh, yeah, dude. Punk, I will, yeah. I'll kill the whole thing, though. That's the problem with my old lady buying this shit. Because it's like, it's not really like a stress eating. It's like an anti-anxiety eating. And it makes me feel good. (laughs) Like Oreos. We can't keep Oreos in the house. Why? Because I will kill the entire box in a night. I just will. But look at me. I'm a buck fifty. You know, I just, my body just burns through it, so...
1: Do you have like the weirdest metabolism?
0: I do. I do. Cause I do. I will eat an entire, uh, or like Friday night, right? Friday, I got off work. My wife made this wonderful dinner. It was like chicken and it was delicious. I ate the whole thing. It was wonderful. An hour later, I was halfway through an entire tube of pizza Pringles the entire tube just sitting here watching movies
1: in spite of all that you look like a golem that somebody was trying to make on a budget they could only afford like (laughs) skeleton and skin that was it oh and hair lots and lots of hair
0: you're not wrong but let's talk comics next year just cause or next week just cause you said I'm getting the worst movies I can find what have I done gag inducing yeah, cocaine is a hell of a drug. That's right. If only I was a meth head, at least I would get getting some enjoyment out of looking like the the zombie on the cover of Resident Evil 1. I look just fucking like Oh, me. the one that's
1: like famously doing the like turn over his shoulder look. Yeah. Might be one of the most iconic shots in video games there. It
0: really, it really is. That well, and Halo. Halo 1's got it with Master Chief down. Just saying. That is a different podcast. Uh comics this week were light, uh, very light uh, awesome call, uh, Andy. Uh, amazing fantasy. We've I haven't gone
1: through reading that. that. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Uh, amazing fantasy. Uh, number one thousand is definitely my honorable question this week. Variance was good. Knights of X wrapped the series, and it was okay too. Uh, but here is all of the creators that were on. Uh, amazing fantasy number one thousand. Now I could take I take it that you did not read it. It's not on your list. As I far. haven't
1: gotten to it yet. No,
0: there is a story in there. I had to Jonathan make
1: up for last week's reading so I kind of got behind. Oh.
0: <laughs> There's a story in there from Jonathan Hickman where it's a Spider-Man play off the Council of Reeds and it's fucking incredible. It was worth it just That's a brilliant story. pull. It was so good. It was kind of corny too. But Spider-Man's supposed to be kind of corny. At least this kind of corny, you know. Hickman is a genius. He's a master every time he puts his, you know, pencil down to write something. And yeah, this was wonderful. It was really, really good. So uh, like you say about anthologies, right? If you get two, maybe three good stories in there, you're lucky. You got your money's worth. If you get four, you're winning. This had four good stories. It had a Neil Gaiman story in it where Neil Gaiman is in the fucking comic
1: man that is a conversation i would love to see
0: in the comic i'll
1: have to read that as soon as i can
0: the slot story was really good uh so yeah it had a it had a lot of good stories in it good call andy for uh for that being your number three because yeah it was i mean usually these anthologies are shit dude you know these eight dollar extra pages all kinds of artists and writers all over the place you might get too good out of it dude this was fantastic. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, this really. was more of like a genuine milestone, you know, issue yeah. number 1000, and it's a character, it's one of the biggest characters ever, you know?
0: And it's an anniversary year for the character's 60th anniversary.
1: This is um, something that, like, some of the all-time comic greats, which, you know, you just listed off a few, they have something to say about Spider-Man.
0: Oh, you know? dude, yeah, for sure. I mean, look at this. Uh, the, the Falcone and Cho story was good. The Slot story was good. The Arnando uh, Iannucci story was really fun. Great art on that by Stegman, dude. Really great art. Rainbow Royale story was okay. Uh, Ho Chi Anderson story was pretty good. Giuseppe Comicoli art was fantastic, of course. Of course, there's a Busiek and Dotson. You know, the Dotsons coming a back to a book. You know, uh, really well done. Uh, but yeah, the the Hickman Chichetto book and then. Dude, this this is Steve McNiven art on here. Hold on, let me find it. That's McNiven art there. That is really good McNiven art. I didn't think McNiven could draw like that well. You know, he's got a very good style, but man. So yeah, star-studded cast. There's no way that wasn't going to be at least an honorable mention. But my number three this week, because I love visiting the universe. Oh, that's not it. Star Trek Picard, Stargazer uh oh we got a comment here from andy with great power was so fucking good yeah dude every all of it was great all of it was great but yeah some of it was head and shoulders above the rest but uh star trek picard Number one mike johnson angel hernandez doing the art here uh i dug this show i dug the star trek picard show this takes place right after season two so it basically is picking up where that show left off season three is right around the corner uh, I say it all the time. This is why comic books are the best medium, because the shit doesn't stop for us. You know, if you're going to do a show, you have to have a cast. You have to have a crew. You have to have a writer's room. You have to have directors. You have to have production. You have to have a service where it's actually, you know, going to put out your shit. Uh, comics, you don't really need that. You know, you need a yeah, I mean you, you need an artist and you need a writer. You need Your
1: characters you. never have to age out of the part, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just love visiting the Star Trek universe. I love everything about New Trek, even though I you know, cut my teeth off the original series and mostly the next generation. But this feels like an honest-to-goodness quality spinoff of the next generation. And I'm loving it, man. The art was a little bit off in some places. I mean, you can see that here for sure. Definitely here. You know, the art was kind of flat. Uh, but it worked for the series and it was consistent all the way through. Uh, basically, Picard gets on the stargazer uh, because they're going to survey a planet that he originally surveyed years and years and years ago in the original stargazer. So it's got a cool throwback, like a flashback to captain Picard on the original stargazer. And you can't do that on the screen. It would look stupid. You know, it would look like the end of Mandalorian where the CG was so bad of Luke taking his, you know, young Luke Skywalker it was so bad. So you can't do that on a show, but you can do it in comics. And it did it very well. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: I think a good way to put it is, like, with comics, you can always go back and visit that old friend. You know, it's never too late
0: in comic yeah. books. Uh, at Boom Studios right now, yeah, they're doing a Firefly book that continues the original stories with the main cast, but they're also doing one, like, the next generation, where it's their kids. You couldn't do that on TV. You couldn't have both of those things going on at TV at the same time. That would never fucking work. It would just wouldn't. But in comics, everything is possible and all things can happen. So, uh, yeah, Star Trek, Picard, Stargazer number one. I'm a Star Trek fan. I can't help it. And it was a very light week. So uh, we're gonna talk about X Men. I'm sure Taylor, honorable mentions, and number three.
1: Um, honorable mention for the Flash Annual. Um, it was kind of a fun framing device, like it was Wally reading his uh, wife's book that she just published. Yeah. It was uh, it was a good showcase of why Wally is the favored Flash for so many people because he does have these relationships, he does have this family dynamic that the other Flashes usually don't get to have, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, it, it was
0: a uh, best panel of the week was. Space Cobra, just saying, fucking awesome! Holy yeah, shit. yeah, I mean, it was it Space was a Cobra real was awesome. It was off the
1: wall story too, yeah. and that was a lot of fun.
0: I never wanted a tattoo so bad in my life. Space Cobra from the Flash <laughs> Annual 2022 on my back.
1: Yeah, I man, you do on you, my man. Back,
0: around my arm, the tail. You
1: do you, man. Although if you're getting your whole arm, I think that's hella expensive. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But um,
0: I got eye- I got my own kit. I'll make my old lady do it.
1: Oh, that's a terrible idea. But another um, honorable mention for uh, Thunderbolts, number one.
0: It was, it was all right. It was kind
1: of... Nothing that knocked my socks off, but, you know, the team's coming together, and I'm enjoying, you know, where they're starting off with here. They haven't introduced whoever the ugly goblin thing is at the bottom, but... Um,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. I also like how they kind of mentioned like, the legacy of the Thunderbolts, you know? Like, yeah. this is a team that is ultimately about redemption, and it is kind of a... Shame that uh, Wilson Fisk kind of took the whole "they're the Suicide Squad" angle, and you know that is something that I think the Thunderbolts has over the Suicide Squad is it is more I don't, about, like, it, yeah, good,
0: I don't think I'll continue the series. First issue, I don't think I'll continue the series.
1: It was a solid start, but yeah, I can understand. <sighs> yeah, uh, my number three this week is going to be X Men number fourteen.
0: That is my number one. Go ahead, talk about it. I only pulled one uh, b- picture of this because the whole it's. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. go ahead. We can go talk
0: about it. Dude, the pacing in this was so fucking amazing that you really can't appreciate it unless you just have the whole book laid out in front of you. Yeah. It was Um, perfect. Jerry Dugan, CF Vila. A lot of great
1: artwork. A a great showcase for a lot of the new X-Men characters. I mean, especially Iceman and Firestorm. Yep. Um, And honestly, this was a... Kind of a distillation of what the X Men are at their best, you know.
0: Representation.
1: A, yes. A chance for people who have been ostracized or marginalized by society to step up and be seen. And they lean hard into that angle of this story because, like, the framing is that um, a reporter wrote a story about Iceman, and, you know, he gave an interview and everything. And um, they're like, "Kill the gay angle." Well, that's not important to the story, and like you know, they had their little soapbox mode. It's a little heavy-handed, but I think that it's appropriate to throw in, you know, that this is what X Men is about. This is the chance for being like, no, this is important to the story because it's important yeah. to him, you know.
0: Uh, first thing, yes, it was a little bit heavy-handed. I took it as meaning that Jerry Duggan, one of the best writers in comics today, was playing off of the Judgment Day angle. In a way that was kind of meta, social, political, but fucking perfect. I mean, I don't know if this is actually, I'll be honest, I don't know what the fuck Judgment Day is about yet. I know it's three issues in. I still don't really know what it's about. I know the Avengers and the X-Men and the Eternals are fighting. I've read every fucking issue. I'm still not really sure what the whole thing is about. Jerry Duggan has given me hope that this is what it's fucking about. Being judged. In all kinds of different ways. Not only for who you are and for what you do, but for how you are perceived by society. And the X-Men fit perfectly into that. The Avengers living in a god, they fit perfectly for that. The Eternals, with all of their internal political sort of struggles, they kind of fit into that. That's
1: something that Gillen's been doing with the Eternals run so far. It's kind of like, what... (laughs) Like, who are we really? I mean, are we just like automatons for the Celestials? Yeah. Do we have agency in our own lives? You know? Yeah,
0: dude. So uh, he's given me hope for this event with this issue, and that's why it's my number one this week because I love that play off of it. I love the social relevance. Yes, it was heavy-handed. The heavy-handedness, to me, felt like it was on purpose Yeah. To wrap up the idea of this sort of event. Well, with a little bit of a more clear bow. You know I, I mean? do
1: still stand by it being heavy-handed, but it was really wow. well done. It's not mutually exclusive. And I also so, like the stinger with a uh, Cyclops at the end, where like, you know, okay, I'm here to get this over with, but just so you know, you don't get to judge me. There's only yeah. one person in the world that I really can hold my myself accountable to. Yeah. yeah,
0: my lady. I love that shit, too. I love their ride-and-die thing, too, because that was kind of on the on the back burner, but it's, it's really like a modern day take on On the couple, you know, and they always have sort of played up where there's this riff between Gene and Scott. And that's where the drama comes from. But now it's like the drama can be external. We both ride and die forever. She can fuck whoever she wants, Logan or whatever. I'm fucking Emma. No, it don't matter. We still ride and die. I fucking love that. And that really pushed that as well, which is another reason I love it. That's in my shit. The ride and die. I actually have Beyonce and Jay-Z. Because they both rapping and singing about the other one cheating on each other. But they still ride and die for each other forever. And it's so rad that they're copying that. You know, that modern day love story. I love that. I just adore that so much. The one problem I have with this issue. Since it's my number one too. Or it's my number one. We're not really going to talk about it again. Uh, They worried about Iceman's ice dropping and causing damage. Iceman has been doing that his entire fucking existence. He is always making these... Roller coasters of ice. Like, yeah, his cities.
1: signature thing is like the ice pathway he travels <laughs> that, that, on. <laughs>
0: this has always been falling on people. It's always been like this joke that Iceman always. I oh shit, it's Iceman. You know, so I was a little worried with that, but uh, I love fucking Forge so far since he's been a member of the team. He's kind of like the weird guy in the chair, but he's the cool guy. Who happens to have to sit in the chair. Yeah,
1: I mean, it does a good job displaying Forge. Has yeah. he has com- he has been completely unflapped by anything that they have thrown at him so far. It's like, yeah, I got a thing for that. Yeah. And it's like move on to the next thing.
0: Yeah. Magic had a great moment in this, teleporting people. Um I mean, just the whole idea that they're fighting the Eternals are in the middle of this fight. And oh, you know what, game world. Game World did a thing, and they're like, oh, okay. Oh,
1: those assholes. Let's go deal with this. Yeah, it
0: was so cool, man. Just a really fucking great comic book. You know what I mean? Just like anybody could pick this up, not really understand what's going on in the overall scope of things, and not have to care because the pacing, the adventure, it's just so great. It's just so well done. So, Yeah, excellent choice for number three, Taylor. I really appreciated that choice because it was my number one. My number two is X-Force number 31, Ben Percy, Robert Gill. Fantastic issue that also happens to be an axe tie-in, but not really. Cool art, fun Deadpool moments. Uh, but the main reason I like this is because it sort of feels like it's simmering down X Force back to what it initially was. Okay, uh, let's look at who's on this team. Yeah, it's Logan. We know Logan has you know a, a history of of not being very stable. Deadpool is unstable. Uh, Beast is on this team. Sage, Omega Red. They have great moments in this issue. Uh, X Force is technically, basically, the CIA of Krakoa. This team is meant to shield them and be the tip of the spear simultaneously for all of mutant society, right? But the entire lineup is made up of these broken and damaged individuals. Sage is a fucking alcoholic, right? She is trying to wash away all of her problems with booze. I understand that fully. Okay, Omega Red in this issue. Sage literally gives him a danger room where he can go in there and create people and murder them because he has a murder addiction. He's got a violence addiction, right? Uh, other points in this. Beast and Sage have this moment where Beast just calls out Sage and says, no, you're missing the point. Our, our job as the protectors of Krakoa, we get to also protect ourselves from internal threats, meaning mutants, right? So Beast is a paranoid egomaniac. Black Tom is on this fucking team. That dude's unhinged. This is the team that's in charge of protecting Krakoa? This has always kind of been the crux of this series. But in this issue, man, Ben Percy is doing a really good job of setting the stage what this series is going to be after Acts, after Judgment Day. Back to the basics, back to the root of nobody trusting each other, everybody, you know, Wondering what is our actual job here? Uh, With all that said, it was still a good story. There are great moments between Deadpool and Craven, who is actually the clone Craven, like Craven's son. He got like a a Star Wars Django Fett thing going. Uh, But he's. Wow, I
1: completely missed that, actually. (laughs)
0: Yeah. But Deadpool's got a free pass, right? He's got entry through the gate. Sage programmed the gate so he can get through. So Craven is using Deadpool, at least his head here to get through the gates and that's gonna lead into the next issue, which may not actually be the next issue of X Force, may actually continue in the pages of Wolverine um next week, which I've always said these two books are basically the same X Force and Wolverine, same creative or same writer and Deadpool. I mean Wolverine is on the fucking X Force team. And uh yeah, dude. Yeah, if I love X books, man, it was a light week, and X books were where it was at this week, man. So uh, that leads us to number two, I believe, for Taylor.
1: Uh, my number two is one I think actually came out last week, but I don't know, so I'm just going to go ahead and say Avengers Forever, number eight.
0: Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't have that image this
1: week. That's fine. But anyway, this is basically just another one of these like alternate universe like check-ins with an Avengers, but like with a twist. And okay. this one okay. twist was that, like, this is a Thor who is unworthy of Mjolnir, and so the Masters of Evil came in and just wrecked shit in his universe. And this is, like, a depressed, like, lost Thor who finds Kun Lun, where Iron Fist <laughs> hangs out. And it's oh. him doing, like, martial arts training, which for the most part is him... Like resentfully punching his hammer until his hands become so,
0: oh, like that's cool. scarred over and calcify and, like, that it can he do can't it. lift Mjolnir. But Mjolnir
1: like still hangs out with him. Mjolnir follows him around. Like the first oh, part like of this issue. Yes, like, Thor is, like, going from, like, it starts off with him going to, like, all these different places, and, like, Mjolnir just keeps finding him, and he just keeps trying to yeah. leave it behind again. That leads us to him coming up, like, the mountain where kun is, and that was an attempt of his to get away from fucking Mjolnir, oh. but it just happened to bring him to Kunlun instead.
0: Man, that's an old trope, dude. What's the source of that trope where you have, like, the bothersome companion, you know, the...
1: Oh, I mean that's like, countless different things, but um, yeah,
0: I mean Willow. The movie Willow has used this. Uh, Zelda had the you know Legend of Zelda has used this trope. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of the annoying companion tropes. Jiminy Cricket is technically an annoying companion trope, you know. So yeah, that sounds like a shit ton of fun just from that angle. Well, yeah, I mean they being the annoying companion.
1: This book, when it's at its best, is giving us a really fun riff on an old classic, and I think that this was a great, this was a good pull, bringing together Thor and the Iron Fist lore to give us, like, he ends up becoming, quote-unquote, the god of fists at the end of the story.
0: That's so dumb. He actually gets to the point where he can
1: beat off Mjolnir so thoroughly that Mjolnir kind of, like, is forced to submit to him, and he's like, no, I'm still not picking you up. Fuck you.
0: Oh, cool, cool. That's nice. That's a nice angle. He overcomes his problem, and that is typical Thor too. You know, that is like yeah. the most traditional Thor, where he's got a his worst problems are his internal problems.
1: Yeah, and then you know, then, you know nice. I mean, it's and Jason it Aaron really writing Thor. Theory. He's yeah. like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is in tune with this character like no other person is. And yeah, it ends, of and course, with like has. like the Avengers show up and they're on the recruiting tour and they recruit him at the end.
0: And that's kind of what this whole book has been, at least for this first well second arc now? Yeah, they're I sort mean... They're recruiting different Avengers. Lately, so these
1: have been, like, little self-contained alternate universe things. Like, the last one, which I also liked quite a bit, was, like, Captain America is from across the universe. I like go,
0: That's kind of what they're doing, though. Doing By the end of that now. one, there was, like, a Captain America who was like, we're gonna go find a bunch of heroes throughout the multiverse.
1: Basically, yeah.
0: One, yeah, I think that's kind of where this book is heading, where there's gonna be... They have the Masters of Evil who are, like, a multiversal Masters of Evil. And they're going to have a multiversal Avengers team that all teams up and fights. That's my th- – that's where I'm thinking it's going. But it's almost
1: certainly it, yes.
0: That sounds dope. I need to be reading that book. I need to be reading that book. There's Avengers book next week too, all out of Avengers. Uh, again, we're about to meet with number one, uh, Jerry Duggan and CFVL on X-Men number 14. It was fantastic. Uh, probably the cream of the crop of the X-Books right now. Uh, it never fails. Immortal is good, but there's no adventure in it like this. You know?
1: Immortal is just the political intrigue. I mean, they throw in some fights to like kind of spice it up a little bit, but yeah. this is the flagship X-Men and That's title. what I was going
0: to say. I think it's yeah. safe to say this is definitely at the top. It's not number one in terms of... It's everything. crazy how like we're in such an X-Men,
1: X-Men renaissance these days where we really have like is. tier lists for the different X-Books.
0: It really is. It really is. That Knights of X ended, and it was... Low tier. It ended pretty well. It was fun. Yeah, I mean none Look of these. At Look at this big. This is a two big two page spread they had. Oh, it was
1: yeah. beautiful. I don't think any of these X books I've read have been bad. Some of them oh, have sure. been mediocre. But.
0: Marauders is, is borderline, dude. Sometimes. It mean, used to be
1: top tier, but that's really slept. Um, that X court book was probably the worst oh, one I've yeah. read even then, that wasn't bad. It was just kind of boring.
0: The Angels, Fallen Angels or whatever it was, it was phase one of the Hickman, and it was terrible.
1: I completely forgot about that one. It had that
0: Kudransky art on it, though, which was Chef's Kiss. Yeah, yeah, it was not a great book. But uh, that leads us to Taylor and his number one book. of Well,
1: you probably know through process of elimination that it was Ant-Man number two. Yeah. I love these, like send-ups of, like, different eras of comic books. And I think that this one really captured what a piece of shit Eric O'Grady is.
0: I love him so much. He's my favorite yeah. Ant-Man. He's my favorite Ant-Man. Like, my I love how, like... Kirk, my favorite Kirkman book is his Irredeemable Ant-Man. Hmm.
1: Run. But I love how the, like, drama in this book, it's, it's scroll Hank Pym, and he is convinced yeah. that this guy must have stolen the Ant-Man armor because he saw through, um the skull technology or whatever he was using in it like in his mind oh well this eric o'grady must actually must have like his good reasons for doing it but he doesn't eric o'grady is just a piece of shit who wanted to steal the armor because he thought it would help him somehow
0: yeah he just thinks the best of him for i mean for the i love that he
1: overestimated what a good person o'grady was you know it's
0: kind of naive in a way i thought he was kind of a bit overly naive about it.
1: I like, just love the way that, that framed the story, because like, it really drives home that, no, Eric O'Grady is a piece of shit.
0: I like the throwback to the Eric O'Grady run, the Irredeemable Ant-Man run. It just pulls a little... Oh, line. you mentioned
1: okay. yourself, right? That they like yeah. did a lot of the panel work and everything. Like, pretty yeah. spot on. It does look pretty similar to what they had going on there, too. So they did a great yeah. job aping that art.
0: Yeah, Ewing really is... is uh, I guess the best word for it is he did a good job of doing his homework into creating, and not just an homage, but a celebration. Yeah. I mean, and if it's this is... adding to it, though, in its own unique
1: it way. It is, yeah. It's, I like the uh, the frame story that we have here, where they're all getting recruited by this future Ant-Man. Yeah. But yeah. It, this book is primarily, like, a celebration of the different eras of the character, just, like, a look through the character's history. It is knocking that out of the park, and I'm having a yeah. great time with it. I also love these covers. I'm really going to enjoy yeah. having all four of them when they're all out.
0: Yeah. And also Al Ewing came off of, arguably, the best run that Marvel, not just the best Hulk run ever, but one of the best runs that Marvel Comics has had contender. 20 years, you know. Um, I mean, since Bendis was doing his thing in the early 2000s with um, the Avengers, you know, bringing him like, into someplace new. Either but that Thor's or – yeah, yeah, either
1: Aaron's Thor run or Ewing's Hulk run are my – two contenders for the best run from the last like 20 years yeah, yeah
0: i mean i i would even add as a dark horse in there um donny Cates on venom i mean he did a lot of amazing things with
1: my dark girl. horse would probably be g Wella wilson on um Ms. marvel but that's i nice. don't know well anyway that's either here or there but yeah i really enjoy the hell out of this book
0: but this feels to me this book this ant man book feels to me like marvel was like okay you finished that hulk run thank you what do you want to do now you know well, yeah, really I mean, he's in a position
1: where he role can, role. like, name his project for sure. Yeah.
0: And good for him. Bravo. So, yeah, a great book. Not my cup of tea. You know, and, hey, that's fine. And you, because you love that Defenders book because it's throwback that way. You know, you love that. Uh, and I like that Mark Wade written uh, uh, history of the Marvel Universe, but only because it dug more into overall lore. You know, I'm not really a fan of Ant-Man. did
1: more with so. the lore, but I think Al Ewing, both in this book and the Defenders, is really nailing the vibe, the energy, the storytelling dynamics of comic yeah. storytelling, you know? Yeah.
0: Uh, I love that, Andy. His number one this week was The Picard Stargazer. Oh, no, you, you and him kind of mirrored
1: each other to some extent.
0: We did have a lot of, of the same. Oh, well, and he also
1: pulled in my Ant-Man book. Yeah,
0: his number two was Ant-Man. So, yeah, some great books uh and i adored that fucking hard book it was so damn good uh but man i'm a, I'm an x-men fan you know i can't help it so uh yeah it was a despite the fact that there were so little you know so few books that oh were yeah well it's the last
1: week of the month which these days means that they do not really ship a lot um into yeah, the stores
0: but uh there were still some really solid books this week so I'm oh yeah there were that.
1: some there's some diamonds in the rough to be sure
0: yeah, go over to the outright Geekery page, y'all. Andy is doing um, all kinds of stuff over there. He's modding. He's doing videos. He's getting into the into the discussions on the comments. So, oh, yeah, that's groups on Facebook, Outright Geekery. There's also a page. But, yeah, the, the page is awesome, but the group is where most of the action is happening. So, yeah, get over there. Check that out. It's a shit ton of fun. Uh, we had a shit ton of fun tonight. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, check out our pals at Comic Book Bullies. Uh, Leroy was hanging out earlier I know Eli or uh Eli was hanging out earlier I know Leroy is gonna go off on everybody stealing his fucking viral uh, meme that he made he every he, I know he is gonna be pissed because it always happens to him
1: man he's always really spiteful about when his stuff blows up
0: I know he is pissed yeah and it happens to him all I the get time. it though I get it it happens to him all the fucking time.
1: I remember when the uh he was mad that the uh thing he created for uh, Falcon and winter soldier ended up being like the most popular thing that the page ever did
0: yeah the he,
1: this is America with a U.S. Yeah, agent on it
0: yeah he was really upset about that too you can't win for losing with Leroy but anyway they're gonna be doing a show tonight I think even though it's a holiday I think they're still doing it uh check them out right here on this Facebook channel. Uh, but if you want to find them everywhere else, go to outrightgeeker.com. We got a list of links up there that go to everything that we've got going on. All of the bully stuff is up there. We've also got all the OG stuff, the social media, the merch sites. The Patreon, you name it, We got it. Go up there. Check it out. Uh, also, we want you to come back tomorrow. It's a huge week for comics. Some of the best X-Books are dropping. Uh, dude. Batman is dropping. <coughs> he has a ton of cool stuff going on. They got a Dark Knights of steel, a steel spinoff coming out. We're oh, gonna really? About, yeah. We're going to talk about all those books tomorrow on the preview show. David should be here. There's also a lot of indie stuff, so I hope he shows up. But, uh, yeah, definitely hang out. We're going to have a lot of good times tomorrow at the same time. So, again, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We really appreciate it. But most of all, thanks to this guy for hanging out with this guy. I was thinking today how long I've known you. I've known you, like, going on like 20 years.
1: I don't think 20, but it's... It's
0: been a while, bro. It's been
1: a minute, yeah. it
0: been a while.
1: Oh, man. Where does the... Were we where ever so young. Where
0: time go? Were we ever so young. Yep. Andy, until tomorrow, everyone. So, yeah. Not well, Andy. Thanks again, everybody. We really appreciated it. Most of all, thanks to this guy hanging out with this guy. We are going to do it again next time. Same
1: geek time. Same geek channel.
0: I made it all the way through that spot, well
1: done. another, another 15 minutes, I, be able to. I need
0: to go check out that amazing fantasy right now